Christmas. It's well, Christmas. It's, it's day after Christmas, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've kept yeah. your... <laughs> you've kept your Slightly head distracting, but I'm committed for now. Well, it is a wonderful Christmas. Uh, we, we don't have a midsection now, so we're actually going to take a seat. So if you're watching at home, uh, pick yourself off the floor or whatever you're doing and take a seat and strap in for what's coming next. But, I mean, that was just a beautiful way of doing it. Of Christmas carol service and, um, you know, now this, this morning. And we do have a, a worship song to finish as well. Um, but it is just wonderful to be here. But, um, yeah. It really is. It's Boxing Day. It's Boxing Day. <laughs> what does that mean to us? <laughs> well, interestingly, I did... Some of you probably already know this already, but I didn't really know what Boxing Day was. I just thought, oh, it's a day where everyone hits the sales and tries to get all the, the bargains well, that is and true. rushes Surely to the Surely it's got shops. something to do with the boxes, the presents come in. Well, apparently, um, one of the traditions is that back in the day... The, back in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> the, um, the rich would help the poor. So they would give Christmas boxes to servants and give them the day off and give them a Christmas box to bless wow. their families with. And uh, in that sort of spirit of giving, I've got something for you, Richard. <gasps> no. Yeah, not that I'm saying that I'm uh, rich and you're poor. Um, it's more I, I'll, just, take, I'll be poor. I there you mind. go. This, oh, there you are. This Look is completely unplanned oh, because sorry, is it precious. I just um, it's it. not precious at all. <laughs> okay. Well, that, Although, well, now this is awkward. This is definitely one of those gift situations where I feel like I should have got you something. No, 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 no. It's absolutely fine. I just you need to open oh, it. Oh, I though. can open it. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I have to open it. Is it? Oh my gosh, I'm now nervous. You know when you have to act like you're surprised at a surprise party, and mm -hmm. when actually, oh. Hey! What better than oh, some more Christmas and tat? And I just thought, well, that was my monetary contribution to you in it. the form Real money of would have been wonderful, chocolate. Especially this is a £50 note. There you oh, go. Oh, no, chocolate's good. That works. There we okay. go. Am you I... don't have to keep that on, but I thought just for the moment... Okay, I'll I... keep it on for as long as you keep it on. <laughs> Lissy, you have overwhelmed me with your generosity and your kindness. I mean, what um, can I say? I the pound going... shop. I'm thrown. <laughs> Um, it is a treat to be here today. It really I've also is. got to make one other comment as well. It looks like you brought some mulled wine on the stage. I can confirm that this is actually apple and black currant juice. Mm, I'm not sure. secretly having a little party of my own, <laughs> although that would be quite nice, but no. It's totally allowed. It's the season. I'm just not sure about this now, but I'm going to go with it. No, we, we can take it off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is lovely to, uh, to, to share this Boxing Day with you if you're watching yeah. uh, live and joining us online or maybe watching it during this week as well. It's, uh, it's a bizarre time, this kind of... Yeah. No one knows what day it is. No. no one knows what time it is. No one really cares either. Um, but it food is a, comas going food around. Food comas just overcome. It is just a, a very strange time. Until you get that like, notification that we're back to work or back to school, uh, there's some bank holidays and various other things in the mix. But it, but it is, for me, it's always a weird time. I always reflect on this time. Um, <laughs> maybe I do, I don't remember. Um, but afterwards, I'm just going, we go through the whole Christmas event. You, you have all those viral messages, those TikToks, those memes and Facebook um, videos of, you know, put the Christ back into Christmas and the reason, reason for, for the, the season. season. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if I made this up or if this is actually a thing. It's not about the giving, it's about I'm the I'm sorry, gift. can we take these off yeah, now? Yeah, I literally please. can't. You look like the Empire... Uh, no, the Statue of Liberty, that's it. There we are. Um, and uh, it's not about the giving, it's about the gift and all these wonderful things. But for me, it's really weird because you get through this whole magic, massive build-up session and then it just stops mm. and it just finishes and you kind of get it back on with normal life January sales, as you were saying, which actually now start on Boxing Day. Um, 
and we get back to our lives like nothing happened. But yeah, we've been talking and preaching about the season for for at least mm. a month. You know, mm. it's a big, big old session. Um, but it is important. But yet we just carry on and we move on. And uh, when Lissy and I were talking about this earlier, you made this uh, phrase, this quote, which I'm going to say. You know, we go from Emmanuel, God with us, to Emmanuel gone. Which I found hilarious. Probably, it's not at the in the time. Greek. It's just my own. It's a linkism. Um, don't quote me on it, but you just did. Oh, I'm so. going to quote you. It's even put it in here. Lissy Link quoted. That's going to come it has, up again. actually. No, the truth is that absolutely. At some point, the decorations need to come down. Um, although we have left our fairy lights up in the garden all year round. But Why there's, not? there's tree, the various other things do need to come down. Um, we need to get on with the new year as well. We've got uh, baptisms at the end of January. We've got Easter is coming up and summer not far behind. And then I'm Christmas very again. And yeah. then Christmas again. Um, but, you know, listen, you and I were talking about this because yeah. I asked you to lead the service with me and we got chatting about it. And uh, what was interesting is, as we were talking about it, I had this particular verse that came to mind. Yeah. And I thought, we, that's really what I feel like God is saying. And we just had so much energy between us, feeling like God had placed the word in both of our hearts, which is mm. why we went from me standing on a podium talking to us having a conversation yeah. about this. Um, and it's an interesting one, isn't mm. it? It's an interesting topic. It really is. And when you shared with me the word, that you, the scripture that God had put on your heart I was a bit perplexed and went <laughs> to it and thought that's not your your bog standard boxing day uh scripture but when we got chatting we you know unbeknownst to me I think I said to you I really feel this has been a real season this past year 18 months of of people really struggling with disappointment yeah and uh you said oh it's really interesting that you've used the word disappointment because that's actually what you wanted to talk about so well, here we are it was i mean i didn't know that until you said it mm. which was really strange i thought you know boxing day light-hearted message and it, in some you know with all these gospel messages you go through the the dis difficulty but there's always good news at the end yeah but it wasn't until you said the word disappointment that it came to mind and mm. and immediately when you said that we had so many stories i mean if i can share some with you just yeah. the came to mind now bear in mind this is not just us reflecting on 2021 you know we're having another announcement another change in, in situation and you know we're we're facing a long almost two year worth of disappointments yeah i i was reflecting as we were talking uh, about three different individuals that came to mind one person who had been planning for months for a new business. They had scripted it, they had strategized, they felt God's blessing on it, they had people lined up, all of these plans in place. And they were about to pull the trigger for this new business, this new venture, and then COVID hit, and it all just had to go on the shelf. Not only that, I, I, I know a whole number of people watching this probably had complete expectations and, uh, and uh, an excitement about going to see family um, this Christmas, maybe in South mm -hmm. Africa. And indeed, someone very close to, um, to us, uh, you know, was planning. They had a, a grandma's birthday party. They had various things and momentous yeah. occasions. The kids are growing up. This was one of the big gatherings and it all just disappeared. And and also, I mean, this is, this is heartbreaking in some ways. I'm laughing, I don't know why. <laughs> um, this is heartbreaking, but I remember a friend who's been working tirelessly, studying and then working for years. And 
And she, uh, she got to the beginning, just before lockdown, um, she got to the beginning of the year and said, you know what, I've been relentlessly working. Mm. You know, I'm turning a particular age this year and I just haven't had enough social time. I, wanna, I want this year to be the social year, she said. And so she organised things every month, parties, gatherings, and then lockdown kicked in and all of the plans just disappeared. I mean, talk yeah. about disappointments. It is really disappointing. But I think it goes further than that as well. You know, I think, you know, in the context of where we are and as Christians as well, like living in that constant tension of, you know, we talk about the now and the not yet in mm. the kingdom and, you know, thinking things like, I believe in a God who heals and yet someone I've been praying for for so long still isn't healed. Yeah. You know, I believe that God is my provider, but why am I struggling financially? I believe in a God who delivers, but I'm still struggling with mental health, with yeah. anxiety, with, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And yeah, disappointment creeps in for sure. The, I think the thing that gets me about this is, you know, we have and hear and you send us so many stories mm. of God genuinely breaking in. Yeah. And we hear it, we share it, we love it. But after a while, part of us who's been praying and hoping and waiting for, you know, for our breakthrough doesn't it doesn't seem to happen you know we we listen to all the stories and we go what about me mm. i mean i thought jesus i thought that this was going to happen i yeah. thought that that was going to do i thought you were going to xyz yeah and it it just leads us into that place of disappointment and it doesn't yeah. quite make sense and this is why that verse in particular stood out now if you've got your bibles if you've got a, a smart device or anything the, the verse I, that I felt like God was pointing me towards, and it didn't make any sense, you're right, when I first got it, but you kind of go with these things, was yeah. Matthew 11, um, we'll start from verse 3, but Matthew 11 onwards. Um, and it's a really interesting section. See, it's already about John the Baptist. And uh, John the Baptist has... Uh, very interesting storylines now. My, what, what does your children call? <laughs> my, well, I was about to say, my kids, my kids call John the Baptist Creepy John. <laughs> Which I absolutely love. You need and it to feels, give context. It feels for that. a bit heretical, but if you watch The Chosen, that's how he's known. Creepy John in the desert with Less his thin. clothes, eating, you know, and, and it's just, I mean, it's just a very <laughs> strange man. But, but you know, John, from before he was born, he was leaping in his mother's womb yeah. at the sound of Jesus, or the, the sense of Mary, actually, in the room. You know, there was so much excitement and anticipation. He had geared his entire life towards the coming Messiah. Everything he had done was with expectation. You know, so much had come together. He, he even envisioned, sorry, vision. he saw Jesus came to him, the Messiah, who he knew uh, was going to come and was baptized. And he saw a, a dove descend from heaven and the words of the heavenly Father speak. I mean, there's no doubt that this is the guy. And, you know, he would have heard stories and seen Jesus perform these wonderful miracles. You know, John had this incredible mission and he succeeded at it in so many ways. Yeah. He was an incredible guy. And yet here we are, suddenly in Matthew 11, and we find that it's not that he's been celebrated, it's not that he's been revered for his wonderful ministry. He's in jail. Yeah. He's been locked up, not because of something he's done wrong, but because he... Or something that he was actually standing up for. Exactly. Just between right things, and wrong and actually just, you know, for justice and having, yeah... Do, obeying the law, the yeah. Lord. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I sometimes think about John, I can't put words in his mouth, but I think if that was me, how would I react? And I think if yeah. I'm being really honest, 
think I'd be pretty miffed. I'd be like, well, Lord, I've done all these great things for you. And I've done, you know, what I've been obedient and I've risen to the call. And, and now I feel like I'm in prison. And I think, you know, I think sometimes we feel like, is this what following the Lord looks like? Mm. You know, why am I constantly coming up against hurdles? You know, things coming against me all the time. And, you know, I think of that verse that says, um, where Jesus says, come to, um, I have come to you, come, I've come to give you life and yeah. life to the full. And you think, well, this isn't really a, something is to, it? this isn't like something to write on a postcard to people, <laughs> is it? And I think, yeah, I think if that was me, I'd, but maybe, maybe John felt differently, but I would definitely feel a, <laughs> bit miffed and disappointed. The, the reason why this verse, I think, stood out to me is because of the honesty of John. Yeah. And I think he's, I think what you say is, is absolutely true. He's questioning all of this. And mm. he actually asks this really interesting question yeah. to, to Jesus. He sends his disciples, he's locked in prison. He knows that Jesus is still walking away around doing things. And he's like, I, I need to know. And he asks this really, on the face of it, a very bizarre question. He says, Jesus... Are you the one? Uh, are you the one that we should be expecting? Or mm. sh should we be expecting someone else? And I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a very polite way of saying, is this, is this it? Is this, yeah. is this what's coming? Now, I, I thought about that question, I, and something really stood out to me about that question. And I didn't get it. It, it took some wrestling with, but I realised that's a question I've heard many times before. Are you the one? Now, you and I, uh, I was about to say married, but to our respective <laughs> Not partners, to, each to other, clarify. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, you don't have to be married. You, you just have to have dated someone to yeah. have asked the question uh, Are you the one? Is this the one? Is this man the one? Is this woman the one? And what we're asking when we ask those questions is interesting, it's telling. You know, when we say, Is this the one? A lot of us is actually saying, is this the one that's finally going to make sense of my life? Yeah. Going to fill every meaning, every void? Is this the one that's going to be, be perfect? And is this the one that's going to fill everything I've always wanted to complete me, to make everything better? Once I've found the one, everything's going to be wonderful. And, exactly. There you yeah. go. You got it. And it is that thing, isn't it? It's the one, the one, mm. everything hinges on the one. Now, the problem is, if those expectations, as you see them, are not met, the result is disappointment. Yeah. And I, I think about this, and I think about my wife. She's amazing in many ways. But, you know, when we met, I mean, she had a few things to say about me. But, but I'd like to think, you know, I was in my young years. I didn't wear Christmas jumpers with feet on the bottom. <laughs> you know, it was dark clothing and everything else. And I'd perfected watching a number of TV shows, the mysterious brooding look. Thank and Tara you. had got it in her mind that I was this wise and holy, contemplative man of God. Now, it didn't take us long in our dating life for her to go, you know, she would raise these conversations about Benjamin Disraeli or, or um, you know, or other, uh, what was the, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> um, I can't, I see, that's how much I was paying attention. Um, these, these Golda Meir, that's who I was thinking of. These wonderful 19th century politicians should talk about scripture, should talk about this. And then I would be sitting there quietly and she'd be like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And I'm like, Thing, really mm. <laughs> and she was like where is this why I had expectation you were going to be this thing now funny enough you know I had to then spend years trying to explain that I hadn't been lying to her yeah. her expectations were just different from who I was mm -hmm. now that's that's me as an example but the truth is is only when we understand our expectations can we understand 
our disappointments. It's good. Thank you very much. Say it again. <laughs> do you want to say it again? Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I might do. Because sometimes you write things. You're like, that was so good. I'm going to repeat it. Yeah. It's only when we understand our expectations can we understand our disappointments. And now, going back to John, because John is, is phenomenal on this. Matthew chapter 11, uh, sorry, chapter 3. This is earlier on. This is um, near in the baptism. Um, and John is saying to, to people, the crowd, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but someone's coming after me. And I've got to tell you, he is more powerful than I. And, and he goes on to describe uh, who he imagines Jesus to be, more powerful. He, he's stronger than I can ever imagine be. He's fiercer. And he goes on to use that example. His winnowing fork is in his hand. In other words, he is here to separate the wheat and the chaff. He's here to separate good and bad. And I'm telling you, whatever happens to those bad people, it results in fire. I'm going to mm. deal with it. Jesus is going to come and you better watch out yeah. because he means business. He is going to put things right. He's going to overcome and overwhelm the, the religious authorities that have evil intent. And he gets really carried away about this concept that he has about Jesus. I can hear he Thank is. You. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and now he's in prison, he's wrestling with this, he's going, Gee, I'm your advocate, I'm your man, I, I paved this path for you. What are you. When is it your turn? When are you going to come through and do those things that you were talking mm. about earlier? When are you going to start showing signs of being who I imagined and expected you to be? And does that sound familiar to us? Thank you. That was, that was really good. Okay, so what do we do about it? Do we, do we just lower our expectations? No. Is that the best way forward? Nope. Uh, you know, our disappointments are measured by our expectations. I'm going to say that okay, again. Okay, I'll be honest. We rehearsed this. And we that did rehearse was so this. That was, ter- no, it was terrible. It was terrible. No, no, because you need to hear this. This is really good. No, our disappointments are measured by our expectations. I'm just going to leave that with you for a minute. <laughs> Not a minute, that's way too long. <laughs> but the truth is, is that, yeah, the temptation of going, okay, and maybe Tara did this and I'm grateful because we're now married, uh, but maybe she just lowered her expectations and mm. I managed to pip in there. But that's not what we're supposed to do with Jesus. Yeah. Jesus doesn't say, you know, have less faith and it'll be okay or lower your expectations, it'll be fine and I'll, I'll, I'll be everything you want me to be if you just have... He doesn't say that, does he? No. In fact, it's it's complete opposite. You know, I, I think it's dangerous to have expecta- low expectations because what happens is you end up living a lower expectant life. In other yeah. words, everything you imagine, because it's so low, of course it happens. And you go, well, I expected that to happen. You know, I expected Live in to... Live a state like, of well, mediocrity, don't you? Mediocrity. That's a yeah. great example. A great word, sorry. But, but yet scripture breaks out and breaks through and says, no, no, no. Jesus has said, you know, with God, all things are possible. And I can, he's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And, you know, when we settle with good things, and I love what Jim Collins said, he says, good is the enemy to great. When we settle for good, then we miss out on great. And so God, you know, has, it's not about lowering, lowering our expectations. It's not about reducing our faith. That's, that's wrong, and at worst, it's dangerous. Yeah. And so there's got to be another answer to this. Mm-hmm. And there is, yeah. obviously, as you keep looking at me. But I, I, you know, I will say this. I think it's also dangerous to have expectations um, that are not in line with that person's character. And mm. I think this is what is coming up in the scripture, yeah. in this passage. You know, John asks, mm. are you the one? And Jesus doesn't give a simple yes or no answer, does he? And this frustrates you, really. Yeah. 
It does. It's yeah, the, he, he always responds with, yeah. It's not, it's not just a... We always want just a yes or no, don't we? We want to put things in a box and Keep make it simple. it simple. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I was thinking about this and I thought if Jesus replied to him, yes, then John would have just had more questions. So Jesus gets the heart of the matter and he, yeah. he replies with this really bizarre on the face of it reply, which is, go back and report to John what you see and hear. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf here, the dead are raised and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Mm. And on the face of it, John's like, yeah, but what about me? But Jesus is answering something really profound. He's talking about his character. Yeah. See, what he's saying is more than he's just going around physically healing people. Jesus is saying, look, I need to tell you about me. I have come just as I said I would. And you mm. go for all of Old, uh, Old Testament scripture to find this, that he has come for those who he loves. He's always been seeking to come. He's come from here. Jesus then goes on to say, I've, I'm, I'm a doctor that's come for the sick. But what he's saying is more than just physical. He's saying, I'm helping those who are physically and spiritually blind to see. I'm teaching people how to walk in their identity. I love this. Mm. Leprosy, you know, it wasn't just a physical thing. The resulting thing of being lepro um, having leprosy was that you were outcast from society. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I have come to restore the outcast with dignity. And I'm coming alongside the hopeless and giving them a reason to live. You see, anyone who is poor, anyone who lacks something in life is receiving just what they need. And then it goes on and says this, and I think this sums it up for me. Yeah. In uh, verse six, it says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me, which again, sounds like a bit of a get on with it, John. But actually the message has saved us quite a few times as we yeah. prepared this talk. And I love this. The message translation of this says, is this what you were expecting, John? This is what I've just explained. Who I am, my character, is this what you were expecting? Because if you were, then count yourself most blessed. If this, who I am and what I'm doing, is what you expect me to be, then you're going to be satisfied, you're going to be happy, and you'll be fulfilled. But if not, if you're expecting something else, if you're expecting me to come and destroy all evil and take over the world and be that fierce person to contend with in all situations, you included, then I'm sorry, but you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And, that, you know, you've mentioned this already, Richard, but it was something that I picked up on as well, is just, again, just loving how Jesus responds to John when he asks that question. And he actually refers back to Isaiah 61. I'm just going to read it dead quickly. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come. And you can read that. Um, it does go on. But, you know, I love it because his answer is he's reminding John, as you quite rightly said, who he is. Yeah. But he's also reminding John who he is Ooh, as well. That's good, yeah. You know, and... Um, and, and it's just fulfillment of scripture. So I love that because it's just a re, yeah, it, rather than just saying yes, he's saying, here's the answer to your question. This is who I am. Yeah. But I also want to affirm you in your identity as well. And I love that. It feels like a whole other beautiful talk. Yeah, I won't, I won't get sidetracked. No, I no, hear and you. I think we could. If, it, if, if Could we go into the 2nd of January and just carry on doing that one? Do you know the fascinating thing about this is that, you know, what does the enemy use to destroy you and your faith? 
It's disappointment, yeah. isn't it? And yet, what does God use to build your faith? Actually, it's disappointment. Mm. It's those times when you have a choice of going, no, I'm done with this, or I need to understand God better than this. I need to trust him in this, and I don't understand how. And it's just what you do with those situations yeah. that make a difference. And this is the interesting thing with John, is that he's behind bars. He's in prison. There's nothing mm-hmm. that seems to be changing that. But Jesus is actually saying, but John, I want to set you free yeah. from something else. I want to give you a hope that's beyond just the bars you see in front of yourself. I want to set you free from the limitations that you have placed on me and on yourself, as you rightly say. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets really excited. You know, faith is expectation that God is going to do something. There's something is going to come through. And yet there's so much more that God wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's, you know, I think when we were talking as well, it's not when, it's not like God is always just going to come in and save us from a situation that we're in. And I think sometimes we think that's what he's going to do. Yeah. And that's why we end up disappointed, you know. Um, you know, Talk about your our faith journey here. Yeah, well, being... I'll get onto that. Let me oh, just say, okay. I've been really enjoying watching Superman and Lois, um, or Louisa, for some reason, as our Lois. kids call them. Lois. On BBC. I love it. I love Superman kind of stories. But there is this interesting thing about Superman that comes in, but this whole series is about him and his family. Mm. And that's the massive difference. You know, we want a superhero God who's going to fly in and save the day. And, and he flies off and we go, yeah, we've got Superman on our side. We've got a special button that calls him any time. But actually, God wants to be Emmanuel. He wants to be God with us in every situation, in every moment, every struggle, and every day. You know, I was thinking about this and and thinking he didn't just come to rescue us, and he does rescue us, and I'll go on to that in a second, but he's come to restore us. Mm -hmm. I think about being a, you know, God is described as that wonderful, is it Isaiah 9, everlasting father? Mm -hmm. And yet, I think about my job as a father, 90% of it is just being with my children. Yeah. It's not moments of rescuing them and saving them and doing whatever. It's just being there. It's watching TV with them. It's going for walks with them. It's playing with them. It's, it's reminding them how loved and how precious they are, those words of encouragement. So when they face difficult things, they know that anytime they can look around and know that I'm there with them. And together, we can get through it. You know, I think about this, and I, I, you know, we were talking the other day in this about financial so yeah. I, I grew up, uh, I would say, quite poor. And what I mean by that is all my clothes were too small. Uh, we hardly had any food in the house. Um, you know, a staple diet was toast if mm. we had bread. And if we had bread, there wasn't guaranteed we were going to have butter. And so yeah. it was day to day. I, I wish we had care centre when I was growing up. That would have just made a huge difference. Mm. But we didn't, and we just kind of got on with it. And so, you know, my parents had a, a way of dealing with this. They said, look, we might not be able to do that, but you can still have stuff. Um, and how you get stuff is you use credit, credit cards and catalogs and various stuff. So you can do that. So I mm. thought, okay, well, I can't have that, but I can have stuff. And yes. So I'd buy things. And the idea is that you have it now and you pay for it later. And that sounds great until you start accruing debts. And then you spend the rest of your life in debt. Now, when I became a Christian, that was one of the things I, I, I said, God, help me with this. I'm, I'm just paralyzed by debt. Yeah. And uh, I expected God, you know, being a Christian now, to come in and save the day. And, uh, you know, and I've got to be honest, God did incredible miracles. You know, mm-hmm. we, uh, when Tara and I, we, we first got together, you know, we had debt between us. And, 
And uh, I think of her friend who just understood that we were paying interest and she gave us this interest-free loan and it made a massive difference at the time. Mm. And she said, just pay back as much as you can when you want. It was an absolute gift. I think about a time when we owed uh, £2,000, understandably, but it had just been like dragging on. And the person, uh, well, they, uh, it was the council actually, they, they just cancelled the whole debt. That was an answer wow. to prayer. There was no answer to it other than it was God. God did the miraculous, but to be honest, he could have given us thousands of pounds. The problem is we would have spent it and we'd be in the same situation. See, Jesus you came... You would have learned and, anything. Would you? Exactly. Jesus came and he dealt with the penalty of sin on the mm. cross. But the power of sin, the pattern of yeah. sin, is something that he needs to teach us and walk with us over time. And that's what he did with me. And so he helped me reprioritize. I didn't need the latest stuff anymore. I didn't need to go to all these things and have all this stuff. I was able to be content with what I had. And not only that, there was changes in how we budgeted and we learned so much and we made decisions and tithing, bizarrely enough, was the thing that helped us. When we started mm. giving more, we started being more considerate about mm. what we had. And it was that time, and it was only, I'll be honest, only a few years ago, we finally came out of our overdraft. And I've got to say, that's the miracle of God. He wanted to not just give us and rescue us from the situation. He wanted to do so much more. And now we live a life that's free. But I bet while you were walking through it, there were loads of questions and disappointments. And, yeah. you know, I always think hindsight's a great thing. And quite often in my own life, when I'm going through things, I'm questioning, where are you, God? Like, you know, I've done this for you and I've done that. And, you know, I'm expecting all these things. You know, I've got, I've got my expectations are probably misplaced. But then yeah. you always see God working through that. And, you know, I've realized um, over the past few years that being a Christian doesn't mean that everything is wonderful. You know, well, the Bible was, doesn't ah, say that. Yeah, the Bible well, says... True that you will have suffering. But like we've talked about, God promises that he will be Emmanuel with us. That's not just at Christmas time. And I think that's what yeah. we wanted to emphasize as well, wasn't it? That yeah. baby Jesus grew up into a man, you know, and, and that he, he, alive, he lives and he's alive in us today, you know, and, um, and he, he does promise that he will, will be with us. And then um, I can always see the Lord working when I look back at times. And I think sometimes we've got to remind ourselves of that. You know, I had a situation recently where COVID times had to isolate for 10 days at home. Um, Matt's didn't have COVID, but me and the kids did. And um, I don't know, it was a very intense time. And I don't know if that's because the age of the children being four and two and just needing constant attention. But I absolutely... I don't want to say hate because that's a strong word, but I strongly disliked the experience. <laughs> um, I was full of anxiety and just almost, you know, I have to admit it, um, wishing the days away. And I think in that process, the reason that I felt so uncomfortable was because the Lord was allowing character stuff to come up. Yeah. You know, I think when you become a parent, it's like holding a mirror up to yourself. And if I lose my patience with my husband, he's very gracious, you know, and he's not sort of emotionally scarred from it, hopefully. <laughs> but I think with children, you've got to, you can see the direct effects of yeah. your behaviour. And I think I just went through this undoing where I felt completely uncomfortable with certain characteristics of myself. And, you know, I could have been like, Lord, you know, why did you not save me from COVID? And why are we having to do this? We could have just mm. said, had, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like, 
the Lord allowed me to go through that to bring stuff to the surface. And an exposed enemy is a defeated enemy. And once those that stuff is brought up, that's when we can then go before God and be really honest with him. And that's when we do real character work. And that's yeah, what, that's you know, and I love the, mess- the message again. Mm. You, you talked yeah. about Isaiah 9 with, um, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And the message version talks about, it doesn't say Prince of Peace, it says Prince of Wholeness. Mm. And I love that because I think that's what God's heart is in all of this. And, yeah. you know, I think if we can kind of align our expectations with that, that maybe we'd manage our disappointment a bit more. Well, I, I love that, um, that realisation that God didn't just come to make our lives better. We wish he did, just mm. fix it. He didn't come to make our lives better, he came to make us better. Yeah. And I've experienced that actually when I'm better, my life is better. Mm-hmm. When I feel transformed by God, my life is transformed by God. Yeah. And I think that's part of the um, exposing, isn't it? Is, yeah. What was you say? The, um, the, an exposed enemy is a defeated enemy. I love enemy. That. Enemy. I'm going to yeah. say that again. An exposed enemy is a defeated enemy. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's it. It's like you keep on hitting an obstacle and you're like, I don't understand. And then yeah. God comes and highlights what that is and then says, We're going to deal with that because I, I don't want you tripping over that anymore. I'm not just going to pick you up and pick you up the next time and the next time and the next time. I'm going to remove that obstacle from your life. But I, but also what I love is how, going back to when John, when John asks the question, he, he yeah. asked. And I think sometimes when we're going through things, do we stop and ask God what's yeah. going on? Or do, you just say, or do we just sort of do bullet prayers of, what do you call them, voicemail prayers? Voicemail Please prayers, rescue yeah. me from this, amen, bish yeah. bosh bosh. We don't stop and listen. Yeah. So true. Now, we could carry on talking about this, and indeed we want to, but we're going to finish um, with some practical points. Now, Mm. as you're pulling down the decorations, as you're getting ready um, to to go into, enter into the new year, uh, we've got seven things we're just going to fire out that we encourage you to do. And this is from our own experience. This isn't just stuff that we... um, well, it is. It's stuff where we've just gone, God help us with this. Uh, and let me just run through this because God really wants to do more than we expect. He wants yeah. to transform us so that he can transform our lives. And, um, and he wants to help us release these disappointments so that we can enter into 2022 with an expectation that's aligned with his character, yeah. that's aligned with so much more faith than just it. And let me, I want to race through this. If you want these in detail, I'm happy to email them. You can email me at richard at thevineyardchurch.co.uk or whatever. We'll, we'll post them up. But um, let me just give you the, the first one. The first one is acknowledge your disappointment. Uh, it sounds really blasé, doesn't it? Oh, I'm really sad that that hasn't happened. But do it in such a way that you don't just acknowledge what happened, but you acknowledge what was missed out. The dream that was behind it, the expectation that was behind it. Not what didn't happen, but what was taken from you in that expectation, in that situation? Mm. You see, when you start getting into detail, when you start naming things, and naming them out loud, as you were rightly saying, mm. when you start speaking them in that out loud, you know, it wasn't just that that job didn't come through. Actually, I really am struggling with my job, and now I feel like I'm stuck there. I feel like that hope and dream has been destroyed, and I don't know if that's going to come up again. It's a painful thing to voice that out loud to someone. But the, the second thing follows straight on, yeah. which is actively and intentionally grieve. You know, there are genuinely times at night when all the kids have gone chaotic and I've put them into bed, and I don't know what it is. I just have this sense of emotion. I just go, I just want to cry. I just want to let something out. Mm. Go through that process of grieving. God is near to the brokenhearted. 
you know, talk to him, he hears and cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, all of those things. So first one is acknowledge your disappointment. The second thing is grieve. Third one? I think just having a posture of thankfulness really helps. It can sort of change things dramatically. And also, so to give thanks and just to worship him. You know, those who know me well know I just love worship because that for me is just my battle cry and it just reminds me of who God is. When I'm in that moment of what is going on, I can just remind myself of those, of who he is and his promises. We even sang it, you know, we said, rejoice, rejoice, the Lord has come. And we're just, we're speaking it over ourselves and we're um, pointing our attention to him rather than our situation. And also, yeah, and this kind of leads on to, it's just reminding ourselves who he is, who what scripture what scripture says about who he is and also whose we yeah. are as well and our identity. And I think that, um, you know, just to remind, you can go into scripture to find this, but also, you know, dig out those journals where the Lord has spoken prophetically. When he speaks, he speaks because he wants to communicate something, yep. you know, especially those rhema words, which are those words that just from the heart of the Lord specifically for mm. us. Dig those journals out and reread the promises that the Lord has over you because that ignites faith again and it rises. And I think that flows right into the next one, which is believe. Believe mm. that he is not done with you. And I think this is really important about what you said. Once you know him, he is your father. You are his child. As a, as a father of children, I, I mean, they can do nothing for the rest of their life and I still love them. But I know each of them. I know their potential. I know what they're capable of. And that's from my perspective. How much more does God know you and believe in you and want for you? As Stephen Furtick says mm-hmm. it really well as well. He says, if you're not dead, you're not done. Unfortunately, this story about John does finish with what seems like bad news, but John had accomplished his mission. He had fulfilled everything that God had called him to do. He had run the race and got the prize. Mm. But if you're not in that place yet, then God has more for you. And the next thing after that is set your face to him. If he has more for you, then are you asking him what that is? Mm. Are you setting aside time and space to really ask him that question, to are you putting aside, and I encourage you to put a, a day every couple of months where you literally seek him and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want to yeah. say to me? What are your plans for me? What are your purposes for me? Are, have you even asked, will you make that intention of ask him? And I think it's important as well there just to say, ask what is he saying mm-hmm. as opposed to what you want him to say. I think there's a big distinction yeah. there. And uh, if you want earthly results, have an earthly plan. But if you want kingdom results... Have a kingdom plan. There you I go. Love it. That's there good you stuff. Go. And uh, number seven is um, just giving him permission to have his will in your life, no matter what that looks like. And, you know, just reminded that the Lord says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher yeah. than yours. And I think that we need to release our own expectations because there's freedom in that. You know, it's, it comes down to surrender again, doesn't it? That's so true. It's hard to do, but, um, you know, yeah. it's a Listen, I've loved us. talking with you about this, mm. and we had just as much energy as when we were talking the other day. We really do feel like this is what God is wanting to say to us, yeah. which is why we've spent a little bit longer than intended. But you know what would be a really good way to finish? Yeah. It is by praying a, praying a blessing over yeah. the church. And even when I watch this back, I'll be arms open, ready to receive, because I, I feel like this is God speaking to me as well. Mm. So let's pray. Should we bring uh, the band The band on? are going to come back up as well. Yeah. Um, and they'll take over. But we're, we just want to pray a blessing. So wherever mm. you are, why don't you 
Um, take a quick sip of that mulled wine or that cup of tea or whatever it is and just open your arms and, and be ready to receive from God. Father, we thank you. Uh, you know, I want to say you're a God of disappointments. And what I mean by that is you don't set out to disappoint, but Lord, you meet us in our disappointments. And Lord, you meet us in that place even when, you know, your answer could be, hey, I'm sorry, but you made the mistake. You come alongside of us just as you came alongside John and you said, hey, let me remind you who I am because I've never left you, nor will I ever leave you nor forsake you. And I ask as we pray and worship as a church, as we give this all to you, Lord God, that you would come and meet us where we're at. We bless you, Father God. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. And I love that, will find new strength. So I want to bless you, church, that as we go into January 2022, that you would find new strength in the Lord that you would choose to lay down your expectations, that you would say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. I don't understand what's going on. I don't have all the answers, but I know and I believe that you are Emmanuel, God with us, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you see the brokenhearted. Lord, it just feels like this past year or so has just been filled with disappointment from conversations that we've had with people and maybe you're in that place. And I just wanna say the Lord sees you. He knows you. And he's asking you, will you come and kneel by my feet and just be and allow my words to wash over you afresh. I have things I want to share with you. I have things I want to reaffirm in your life. Will you come And Neil, we sang earlier, fall on our knees. That is a posture of surrender. So we say yes to you, Jesus. And I just want to read the message version of Isaiah 9, just to remind us of who it is we serve. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world and his name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. Amen. And his ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness that he brings. And further down in a different translation, verse 7, it says, He will rule with fairness and justice. So whatever you're facing, remember that promise that he is fair, that he is just that he is our amazing counsellor, that we can go to him anytime, 
that he is our strong God and our everlasting Father, again yesterday, today and forever, and that ultimately he is our Prince of Wholeness and that that is his heart for you. So I just call you, church, into that season of wholeness, that you would allow the Lord to accomplish what it is that he wants to do in this season, that you won't allow the enemy to rob you. And for those of you that need to confess to the Lord how you've been feeling, that's okay, because an exposed enemy is a defeated enemy, and in him we are victorious. Thank you, Jesus. So, church, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May his face turn towards you and give you his peace this Boxing Day. Amen.